What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Malari. Here I am, post-game for the New York Giants. I got a win tonight, 31-24 to over the Minnesota Vikings in the wild card round. An elite win. I'm going to do a post-game reaction with Paul from South. We did our preview before the game. Paul had the Giants winning the game 27-24. I had the Giants winning 31-27. Final score, New York Giants 31, Minnesota Vikings 24. As you can tell from our reaction right now, you can hear him in just a second. We are fired up. We're psyched. Considering this was the Giants' first playoff win since that 2012 Super Bowl run, it was 3,997 days since the last time the Giants won a playoff game, and it was that Super Bowl game against the Patriots, Super Bowl 46. That was the last time the New York Giants won a playoff game. 3,997 days to now it took for the Giants to win another playoff game. They had one playoff run in 2016, didn't get a win in that run. This is their first appearance in the playoffs since that 2016 playoff team that lost in Green Bay in the first round. But 3,997 days since the last time the Giants had a playoff win. The Giants now are red hot, going to play Philadelphia next week at Philadelphia. Mind you, this Giants team, similar to that Giants team that won that Super Bowl in 2012 and 2008, both teams could go on the road and win. The Giants have won six of their last seven road playoff games. Six of their last seven road playoff games dating back to their last two Super Bowl runs. Considering their one in 2016 was a loss, that's their only loss in the last two Super Bowl runs. So, very impressive run for the Giants. And considering where we are right now and we're building while winning, it's just immaculate. There's no other way to put it. Paul, what was your reaction in the game? We're obviously going to get into Daniel Jones and break everything down, but... What was your thoughts on the game, post-game reaction? Anything you want to say? Well, we're extremely excited. And, and in big games like this, your superstars got to really step up. And, boy, did they answer the call tonight. Daniel Jones set some kind of record of passing yards and rushing yards. Saquon Barkley, the first time they get the ball, his first playoff game ever, and he runs 30 yards for a touchdown, I think, like the second time he touched the ball. 28-yard touchdown run, yeah. I mean, we couldn't ask for more. Their offense almost looked unstoppable tonight. I mean, Jones had time for like 90% of his dropbacks. He was on target for almost every pass. And if Slayton catches that ball um, with like three and a half minutes to go, the game would have been over then. Um, but but I, I just want to make it clear that Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, so worthy of the draft status. when, when Second and sixth overall. And how does that look now? Gettleman put this team together, and his draft picks were solid. He All the way down to McKinney. And Julian Love, Dexter Lawrence, Dexter Andrew Lawrence, Thomas, Andrew Gary Thomas. Slayton. I mean, they, they all produce in the biggest game of their careers tonight. Gary Brightwell. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of pieces from that Dave Gettleman era that ended up working out. Obviously, he missed on the offensive line and missed on some free agents. But at the end of the day, part of being a general manager is taking a swing, and you're not going to make every single swing be a home run. That's just the reality of the situation. And you look at that Giants team now, the biggest problem with the Giants heading into this season was they didn't have any cap space, so there wasn't really much room to maneuver with the team they had. So they really had to run back of the team that Gettleman had last year. And this team became a nine-win team in the regular season, and they won their wild card game as an underdog on the road at Minnesota to a team that beat them on Christmas Eve 27-24. And if you look at it, the Giants are building while rebuilding while winning. And the one thing they could point to that's obviously been a big upgrade for the Giants from the team they had last year to this year is coaching. And I know Dave Gettleman, the general manager of a team, typically finds the coaching. It's usually on them to find who the head coach is going to be. So I do blame Dave Gettleman for not finding the right head coach. Pat Shermer obviously didn't work out, neither did Joe Judge. But if imagine Dave Gettleman 
with this team, maybe with the proper head coach. I mean, who knows? It could have been here a few years ago, but obviously Dave Gunn missed on some free agents as well. I'm not going to say Dave Gunn was 100 for 100, but find me an executive that is 100 for 100. Not many are. But what were you going to say? It doesn't exist. Um, nobody's perfect, but a couple of things I want to point out is that Minnesota was 11-0 this year in one-score games. Um, so I was a little nervous about that, even when it was late and we, we had a, a slight lead. But um, more significant to me was the fact that the referees hardly called the penalty on Minnesota until the fourth quarter. So the Giants had to overcome Thibodeau being held every on play. almost every replay. You, you saw the rush by the Giants. Including a Thibodeau, touchdown pass. Thibodeau was held. He was, he was mauled. He was grabbed, held. And, and they never threw a holding, a holding penalty on them. I couldn't believe it. Yes, yeah, you're right. It was in the second or third quarter, was it? Was it the second quarter, a touchdown pass from K.J. Osborne to Kirk Cousins? Is that when he got tackled? It was in the first half, I believe. He was tackled once and held on seemingly every replay they showed while, when they showed Cousins on a drop back. I mean, that was getting very annoying. Um, I don't, what did we have, one sack maybe? Giants had a couple sacks, I believe. Um, let me see. Make sure we get this right. We did have a sack, or a near sack, by Dexter Lawrence gets called for a, an uh, abysmal rough of the passer penalty. He gave the Vikings 15 yards in their last drive. Terrible call on that pass, pass, uh, pass, uh, rough, rough of the passer. Pass, a terrible call. You might as well make it flag football if you can't even touch the quarterback. Make it flag football. How, how is that a rough oh, of the passer? He let him go on a whip. He could have whipped him to the ground. Then I could have seen the flag. But he let up. Halfway through the whip to the ground, he let up. The Giants finished the game with no sacks, but tackles for a loss behind the line of scrimmage. I don't know if those were just miscounted. Yes, five tackles for a loss, ah, which is impressive. 11 quarterback hits. The Vikings only had four quarterback hits. They had three sacks, though, just four quarterback hits and five tackles for a loss. The Giants had 11 quarterback hits. So they just weren't getting home for the sacks, but they had some, some big hits, obviously, on Kirk Cousins and ring him up a few times on some cornerback blitzes. Uh, but for the Giants overall, Daniel Jones was a start with him. He was a leading passer in the game. In the leading rusher in the game. 70 carries of 78 yards in a long of 15, 4.6 yards per carry. And you look at his passing stats, 24 of 35, 8.6 yards per attempt per completion, 301 yards passing, two touchdowns, no picks, and a 114.1 passer rating. No turnovers. And no turnovers. And he got hit hard a ton because he didn't want to slide. Every single one of those runs, 17 carries, he never went out of bounds. He never slid. Only a couple times he slid or went out of bounds. I'd say four of those 17 carries, he gave himself up. He was trying to fight for extra yards. He even had a touchdown that was taken back That's right. on the goal line, was it? Yeah, I think it was on the goal line. But they had several. And what was that penalty? I forget. Uh, uh, two guys moved at the same yes, time. Yes, yes. Illegal procedure, yes. Bellinger came across two. Illegal right. motion by the Giants. They had two guys in motion with not one. One of those guys has to be set, and the Giants end up having to kick a field goal on that drive. Daniel Jones is deprived of a touchdown run on that drive. I like the fact that they're calling plays just for him to run. They did that several times. I mean, scrambling's one thing, and he's so dangerous. But the fact that they're calling like bootlegs for him, especially on third down, he has a very high conversion of third down plays when he runs the ball. And if you look at it, like you said before, Daniel Jones was the first quarterback to do something. I'm going to tell you what it was. Daniel Jones is the first quarterback, and this is according to NFL Research on Twitter. Daniel Jones is now the first quarterback in NFL postseason history with 300 passing yards, two-plus passing touchdowns, and 70-plus rushing yards in a single playoff game. Amazing. He also became the fifth quarterback in the Super Bowl era with 200 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and 70 uh, rush yards. So look at that. That's 100 less passing yards. And there's the difference. There's five quarterbacks that did it with 100 less passing yards. He becomes the first to do it with 300 plus passing yards, which shows how impressive it is. And then also, Daniel Jones joined Lamar Jackson, who did it in 2019, and Steve Young, who did it in the 1995 playoff season, as the only players 
to have 300 passing yards and 70 rushing yards in a single playoff game in NFL postseason history. 300 passing yards and 70 rushing yards, one of three quarterbacks, Steve Young and Lamar Jackson, to do that in the history of the playoffs in the NFL. Daniel Jones had the biggest game and the biggest moment in his career, and these two people, maybe three, my uncle included, that supported Daniel Jones through the thick and thin. It starts right here with Paul from Southie. He was the first one that convinced me Daniel Jones is the answer. And you were right. And you I, were right. I thought from day one. I mean, I know he had a very impressive rookie year. But he had all the tools. He had the arm. He had the wheels. And he had the head. He could throw the, the touch pass. He could throw the deep ball. Best deep passer in the NFL in 2020, mind you. The best passer rating in the NFL with deep passes in the 2020 season. And if you think about his, his you know, what he, the talent around him, I mean, until we got Saquon, I, I don't remember who was his best running back was, you know? And then the offensive line was in well, rebuild Giants, mode. Saquon, we got 2018. Yeah. But Daniel Jones' best player besides Saquon over his career, probably Darius Slayton, he Golden went, Tate. He went through so many coaches and so many offensive coordinators, it was hard to get in, you know, in a certain rhythm for success. And mind you, Saquon Barkley was always hurt. He was always hurt heading into this year. Daniel Jones and Saquon both played 16 of 17 regular season games this year. And they sat out that Week 18 game against the Eagles. They were healthy the entire season. The entire season. And you see Saquon today at an elite game. Only nine carries, but 53 yards, 5.9 yards per carry, two rushing touchdowns, and a 28-yard rushing touchdown on the first touch of his postseason career. It's an NFL postseason debut for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Two of the most, I would say, probably disrespected, attacked NFL draft picks of the last five to ten years. Even the media went after us. For taking those two picks that high. The most criticized draft picks in the NFL over the last five years were Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones, his fifth-year option isn't picked up heading into this year. Oh, the Giants have no trust and confidence in Daniel Jones. No trust in him. Well, you know what Daniel Jones needed? He needed some time to pass the ball and some confidence in the head coaching position. And the offensive coordinator, the play call, had to be somewhat competent know what's going on. Obviously, the Giants didn't have that in years past. We'd have third and eight with Jason Garrett calling curl routes for four yards when the guy wasn't even at the sticks. Like that last pass by Kirk Cousins to TJ Hawkinson. You need 11 yards on that last play, right? Or 10 yards, and you're throwing, or eight yards. It was fourth and eight. And you're throwing a pass four yards downfield. You need to get the guy to the sticks. And McKinney wrapped him up. And Xavier McKinney wrapped him up, had a huge game. And there's one guy I want to mention here. Cordell Flott comes in on third down, third and eight. First snap of the game for him on defense, I believe, if I remember reading right. First snap of the game for Cordell Flott on defense. Comes off the bench, and there's a 15-yard pass downfield, so I believe it was K.J. Osborne. Gets his hands in, breaks it up, and it's fourth and eight, and the Giants end up winning the, play, winning the game on the next play with Xavier McKinney wrapping up T.J. Hawkinson, who is a pest the whole game for the Giants. Ten catches, 129 yards. Did not score a touchdown this game, but he was a pest for the Giants to stop. One guy the Giants did stop, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Adoree Jackson wrapped him up. He had a great first drive. But I think his final numbers were like six catches for like 50 yards. Seven for 47, 6.7 yards a catch with 10 as his long reception. 10 was his long reception. He didn't beat you on a 30-yard pass. AJ shut him down. And that's why I got on. That, I got my Adoree Jackson shirt on today. You got Daniel Jones on, both of us. Remember, two of the best players on the Giants team today. Adoree, seven total tackles and six solo tackles. He loves tackling on the outside. You have to do that in today's day in the NFL. But considering how good... The Giants played in the regular season. They had the momentum coming into this game. But they were still underdogs. They were still an underdog pick. And you look at this team. Now they're going into Philadelphia, who they, as we broke down earlier, they were in the game with Philadelphia last week with second and third string players. The Giants were in the game last week against Philadelphia with second and third string players. And now they're going into Philadelphia, a team that only lost two by six points, 
with Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Adoree Jackson, Julian Love, Xavier McKinney, Andrew Thomas, Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James, Darius Slayton, all of those guys playing. And Darius Slayton, he dropped a big first down, potential first down catch with about three minutes to go, and it gave Minnesota the ball back. But Darius Slayton, I'm fine with the way you played today. Four catches, 88 yards, 22 yards a catch, and had a great game. Big play day. Except for that drop, he played almost a perfect game. And Isaiah Hodgins, eight catches, 105 yards, a touchdown, and nine receptions. Daniel Jones loves throwing him. Once again, the leading targets for the Giants was Isaiah Hodgins with nine. 6'4", receiver, big guy, eight catches, 105 yards, with a touchdown, a long of 32. Saquon Barkley, five catches, 56 yards. Richie James, four for 31. I thought he probably had more catches than that. It felt like he had a bigger game than he did. He did have a good punt return. I believe it was about a nine-yard return. Yes, he had a long of 10 on a punt return. A seven-yard punt return, a nine-yard punt return. 10 and seven he had. So 17 yards on two returns for Richie James. And you look at it all around. I mean, this was a collective effort. And like you said, Kayvon Thibodeau finished with just three tackles and one quarterback hit. He was held every single play. How did they miss that? There's two guys, two refs in the backfield. Every replay they showed, slow motion, he was wrapped up. Grabbed and wrapped up. And tackled. I, I don't know and how tackled. he missed those. Every t- I can see him missing one or two, but how do you miss them all? No holding calls. I'm just going to run over Daniel's stats one more time. One more time to let you hit him. 24-35 passing, 301 yards and two touchdowns with a 114.1 passer rating, 17 carries of 78 yards, and a long of 15 on his runs with 4.6 yards per carry. Daniel Jones was elite. Elite today in this game. Elite game for Daniel Jones. And he finished this game needing a score in the fourth quarter. The Giants need to score. The Giants need to score in the fourth quarter. And they got that. Daniel Jones got just that in the fourth quarter, getting a two-yard touchdown run from Saquon Barkley on a 12-play, 75-yard drive, four minutes and 47 seconds. The Giants were leading at halftime 17-14. to They're up 17-7, to but... Minnesota got a touchdown from K.J. Osborne with just about 45 seconds to go in the half, making it 17-14. But the Giants battled. It was 24-24 after Greg Joseph had a 38-yard field goal with 12 minutes and 34 seconds to go. And the Giants won a 12-place, 75-yard drive, 4 minutes and 47 seconds, and then held on to the ball in the end of the game. And obviously give Minnesota the ball back after Darius Slayton dropped the ball, but they didn't have time on that. So Minnesota didn't have time to come back and get the ball. How many total yards did we have? Because we seem to have every drive was like 75 yards plus. 431 yards total on offense for the Giants today to Minnesota's 332. 99 more yards than them. 99 more yards. Very impressive. Our offense never looked better than today. I mean, if you give Jones time, I said it all year, he's going to beat you either with his arm or with his legs. 7.6 yards per pass for the Giants. Daniel Jones sacked three times. Minnesota wasn't getting, didn't give up a sack at all. But the Giants had pressure on Cousins. They definitely uh, were able to rattle Cousins. Um, he didn't throw many terrible passes, so I'll give him credit. He hung in there. Um, a sack would have been good at certain, certain times of that game. But. The Giants on third down, 7 of 13 and 2 of 2 on fourth down. That's 2 of 2 on fourth down. Yeah. And you know what Minnesota was on third down? 4 of 10. That's 4 of 10. That's where they won the game on third down conversions. And Jones, he probably ran for 2 or 3 of them easy. 11 rushing first downs for New York today. 15 passing first downs for the Giants. 11 rushing first downs for the Giants. Minnesota only had 3 rushing first downs. The Giants had 11. Wow, impressive. And Minnesota, on their first drive of the game, second first and second drive of the game, they do that reverse third and one double pass. Or was Jefferson in motion, gets the ball in reverse, and then throws it back to Kirk Cousins. Cousins. And they were all over Cousins waiting for him. 
I don't know what that play call was, but... It was risky. It didn't work. What a game for the Giants, though. What a game. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Just think about the amount of videos on YouTube. You could look up Daniel Jones, busted draft pick, and ESPN. There's a million videos, and I'm talking about him. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think we were only a couple of people that said, just give him time, and he'll burn you from, like, since his rookie year. Remember, he had a tremendous rookie year. 24 I, passing touchdowns in 12 games. Same amount of passing touchdowns as Brady that season. Brady played 16 games. Yeah, I, I, I think he was in the top, like, three for... Offensive Rookies of the Year. He was. It was top two. Kyla Murray won it just because he was the first pick. He had more passing touchdowns than Kyla Murray in less it? games. Who won it? Yeah, who won it? And who's, who's a better quarterback now? And, the, and a very big stat about Jones is his turnovers have gone down, I think, every year. It has. Every single year. He was actually the lowest interception percentage in the NFL this year. Lowest. He doesn't lowest. fumble. He hasn't fumbled in, what, maybe one fumble in the last three, uh, three or four games? Yeah, one, I mean. two fumbles total on the season. Yeah, so zero maybe. turnovers for the Giants today, too. I, I mean, neither team turned the ball over, but for the Giants, zero turnovers. And they also led time of possession, 33 minutes and 36 seconds to Minnesota's 26 minutes and 24 seconds. We had to keep their offense off the field. I mean, remember the first drive with Justin Jefferson? He, he ate us up. Like six, six catches might have been all on the first drive, and then, then we locked them up. Um, so the offense had to have sustained drives to keep Minnesota's offense off the field, and they did. I think they had a couple of drives that were like eight minutes. Yeah. The Giants definitely walked in and played great defense. That's what you needed, honestly. They needed that. And they got just that on defense. Guys stepping up, making big plays. Cordell Flop playing just one snap. Gets in the game, breaks up a pass. Dane Belton making a great tackle on the sidelines. I believe it was on second down of that drive. Let me make sure here. Want to make sure I get that right. Dane Belton, yes. Tackled Delvin Cook out of bounds. Two-yard gain. Then the two-minute warning. Kirk Cousins pass incomplete to KJ Osborne. Cordell Flock gets his hand in there on a pass breakup. And then fourth down, Kirk Cousins to TJ Hawkinson. And Xavier McKinney wraps him up. Giants get the win. Unreal. And then they obviously get to nail the ball three times at the end of the game to call it. Giants win 31-24. What a win. So let's look at the Philadelphia game next week. Giants going to Philadelphia, where I just said they played last week and they gave them a game with Davis Webb and Kenny Galladay and Gary Brightwell being your leading wide receiver, running back, and quarterback. Lawrence Cage was a great tight end in that game. Uh, Cage actually had a catch in today's game as well. Got some snaps. Jared Davis, one guy I mentioned that's going to earn himself some snaps, he did. Jared Davis played a good amount in today's game. I'm going to give you his final box score here, tell you what he did in the game. Jared Davis finished with two tackles, also added a quarterback hit. So not a bad game. Leonard Williams was disruptive. Four tackles, two solo tackles in that, and a pass defend with two quarterback hits. Dex. Dexter Lawrence, six total tackles, two solo, and a tackle for a loss with four quarterback hits. Yeah, he was a Four big, quarterback hits. He clogged that lineup seemingly every time they try to run the ball. He was in the middle of it. And that's another, another Dave Gettleman pick. And here's the thing. I know Dave Gettleman missed on the free agency, in free agency a lot of the time. I know he missed in the offensive line and neglected it. I know that. And I know he missed... Obviously, in the draft with DeAndre Baker, missed with a couple picks. But most of his draft picks were, criti- were heavily criticized draft picks, and look at them now. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Dexter Lawrence, Andrew Thomas. Four picks that were all reaches. Impact players. Saquon Barkley at two. Daniel Jones at six. Dexter Lawrence at 17 even. And 2019 was a reach, they said. Andrew Thomas at fourth overall was, was considered the fourth offensive tackle in the draft. We took him fourth overall and took him as the first tackle, and we get the win. How many quarterbacks would you take over Daniel Jones now? I'll name you three. Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, if I'm building for the future right now. I would take Daniel Jones over Justin Herbert. I said this yesterday with the sports guru, Mike Hurley. I recorded an episode with him yesterday, and I've said it on my radio show for years. Daniel Jones is my boy. He's your boy. We've been the biggest fans of him. 
I would take Daniel Jones over Justin Herbert. I don't care about saying that. I'd say this live here. I'd say it to anyone in person. I don't care if this is on the internet forever. I would take Daniel Jones over Justin Herbert, and I would take Daniel Jones pretty close with Josh Allen. I know Josh Allen has the offensive production of the numbers. I get it. Josh Allen, you'd probably take just based off his production. But Daniel Jones has better decision-making this year than Josh Allen. Josh Allen did have three turnovers today, two interceptions and one lost fumble, three total fumbles from nearly five turnovers in the game today, three fumbles with one of them being lost and two interceptions. Daniel Jones today played the best game of his career in the biggest moment. Biggest game of Daniel Jones' career, and he showed up. I'll name them again. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and maybe Josh Allen, but I would still take Daniel Jones over Josh Allen because I love Daniel Jones more. No one else is even close. Maybe Lamar Jackson when he's healthy, but no one else is even close. And Lamar Jackson's always hurt. Daniel Jones has been healthy this year. Yeah. I know Daniel Jones had his injuries before this season, but he was healthy this entire season. And today, Daniel Jones had no fear in those runs. Diving headfirst into the end zone, trying to fight for extra yards, not sliding. Daniel Jones was fighting out there for every single yard. And you don't think Daniel Jones heard all the noise over the past two years? Last three years, get rid of this guy. He's a bust. Draft Anthony Richardson this year. Draft Will Levis. Draft Bryce Young, draft C.J. Stroud, draft last year in the draft. Everyone was saying the Giants should draft. It was Kenny Pickett and the other quarterback from Liberty, Malik Willis, everyone wanted. And look at how it worked out. Dave Gettleman, Dave Gettleman took Daniel Jones sixth overall in 2019, could have taken Justin Herbert in 2020, said, no, we'll take Andrew Thomas. I believe in Daniel Jones. Even in 2021, could have grabbed a quarterback. There were still guys in that draft in 2021 when we went with the 10th overall pick. We traded that to the Chicago Bears. It was the 10th overall pick. We traded to the Chicago Bears. And the Bears end up taking, it was the 11th overall pick. We trade that 11th overall pick to the Bears and they take Justin Fields. We could have taken Justin Fields. We said, no, we're going to go all in on DJ. Could have taken Mac Jones. We went all in on DJ, traded down for 11 to 20. Obviously, Kadarius Tony didn't work out. You get a third or fourth round pick out of him this past year in that trade with Kansas City. I'm fine with that. Great move by Joe Shane. But we had multiple chances to draft quarterbacks like we could have this year, taking a guy like Kenny Pickett, taking a guy like Malik Willis. And the Giants believed in Daniel Jones. And honestly, no one deserves to win more than Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And there's a million clips you could look up on YouTube. And three or four years now, I've listened to Colin Coward, Ryan Clark, Stephen A. Smith, Dan Orlovsky, every one of them coming at Daniel Jones. Dominique Foxworth, Marcus Spears, for years, Stephen A. Smith, for years coming at Daniel Jones, saying how bad of a draft pick that is. Nick Wright, one of the worst ones with it, saying how bad of a draft pick Daniel Jones was. He's a bust. He's a turnover machine. You can't trust him. All he does is fumble. Well, what's the narrative now? What is the narrative now? Daniel Jones, in his first playoff game, had one of the best postseason games in NFL history. For a first game, absolutely. For a first game, one of the best ever. I mean, probably up there with one of the best, but one of the best performances ever for a running quarterback. Got it done. He seemed to make every play that was asked of him. And the amount of disrespect I got going to BC, there's been so much noise about being a Daniel Jones fan over the years. The amount of times I've gone to arguments over Daniel Jones. Gone to so many arguments about liking Daniel Jones, just like I did for Wayne Goldman over the years. But everybody knows when I like a player, I stay with him. Russell Westbrook was struggling over the last year. I stayed with Russell Westbrook. Look at his last five games. He's turned it around. Russell Westbrook has turned around averaging about 28 and 7, I believe, off the top of my head. 23, 8 and 7 over his last five games. Everybody knows I stay with my guys. The Clippers right now have lost seven of their last nine games. I'm staying with the Clippers. I stayed with Daniel Jones. I stayed with Saquon Barkley through the thick and thin. And I said I would take them at sixth and second overall 
all over again. Daniel Jones, I would take it six all, all over again, and I would take Saquon Barkley at two overall all over again. And look where we are right now. And everyone that was coming at me about it, so I starting to give some respect to him because everybody knows Daniel Jones is a baller. It was never his fault. He's on his fourth offensive coordinator, third head coach, with one of the worst offensive lines in football in each of the last two seasons heading into this year. With all weapons being hurt, Saquon Barkley, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, all of those guys battling injuries. Wondell Robinson this year. Then coming into this season, Kenny Galladay completely falling out of rotation. Credit to Kenny Galladay on a great block for Saquon Barkley to get a first down. Yeah, great block by Galladay. Great block by Galladay. Credit to him. Came in, and that's one thing I criticized Galladay for in the last 8 to 10 to 12 games this season, that he never blocked. He never cared to give effort. That touchdown catch last week turned my entire perspective on Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is a dog. It inspired Galladay. It did. Made a great play. And Darius Slayton, too, who was out of the rotation coming into this year, really, with all the, you know, we picked up Wondell Robinson. Richie James got some snaps. Canaries Tony. Staying with it and coming up with some production, especially today with four catches and almost 100 yards. He could have been a guy that got cut. I was saying he was on the bubble before the season started. Look at him now. We stuck with him, and so did uh, the Giants, and uh, he was very productive today. Just one drop. So the narrative around Daniel Jones for years was he's a turnover machine. He's not a winner. One thing that me and you've always said, and we've stayed away from the narrative that he's a turnover machine because we knew the things around him, whether it was the offensive line, or the weapons always being hurt, or the play calling being abysmal, or the head coach being bad. We knew that everything around Daniel Jones set him up for failure. And John Barrett pointed that out last year in January after the season ended. Yeah, right. We've done everything to fail Daniel Jones, he said. We've done everything to fail Daniel Jones. Golden Tate, former Giants wide receiver, teammate of Daniel Jones, said in the offseason on NFL Network, Daniel Jones, the Giants never let him fully play free in the Joe Judge era. They never let him fully just rip the bait up, let him air it out. They never let him. And even though he's the best passer in deep passer in 2020, they still didn't throw the ball deep at all in 2021. And even this year, we didn't throw the ball deep. But really, do we have the receiving core to let Daniel Jones air it out? We don't have Justin Jefferson. You don't have Cooper Cup. You don't have Devontae Adams. Jamar Chase. Chase. You don't even have a Brandon Ayuk who's like a receiver between one wide receiver one and wide receiver two. You don't even have that. You have Isaiah Hodgins, who was on the practice squad of the Buffalo Bills. Until week 10, you pick him up, and he's your best receiver in the playoffs, eight catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Richie James was a fourth, fifth, or sixth receiver, depending on the week and the depth chart of the San Francisco 49ers over the last few years, probably around the fifth receiver on that team. The Giants pick him up, give him a $1 to $2 million deal, and he's now your third leading receiver in the playoffs, four catches for 31 yards. Darius Slayton, a guy that fell off the depth chart, almost got cut. Four catches, 88 yards for Darius Slayton, who was a fifth-round pick in 2019. That 2019 draft had Dexter Lawrence, Daniel Jones, and Darius Slayton. And three of those guys are huge pieces on this team right now. Huge pieces on this team. Huge I, pieces. I'm, I'm looking at Philadelphia. I just heard the game might be Saturday. But as far as the Eagles go, if Hurts doesn't run the ball like he's capable of it, as he did all year, was an MVP candidate until he got hurt, I think the Giants have a decent shot to um, control, you know, if the defense can get to him. And they, what, they sack him a few times last week? They hit him a couple times. They hit him a couple times last week for sure. You look at this Giants team, though, that 2019 draft, a lot of those pieces on that team from that draft in 2019, a lot of the pieces on this team right now were from that draft. Daniel Jones in the first round, sixth overall. Dexter Lawrence, 17th overall in the first round. O'Shane Zimenez, third-round pick, 95th overall. Had a career year, even though it wasn't that great of a season stats-wise. I mean, he had the best year of his career this year. Which proves coaching is important. Julian Love, fourth round pick in 2019, 108th overall. Every year he gets better. 
Wide receiver. Darius, Darius Slayton, fifth-round pick. Julian Love, like you just said, plays with hot hustle and gives you everything he's got every single possession. He gets better every year. And almost had interceptions today that hit the ground. Right. Pretty close call, though. No, he makes all the tackles. And he played like a clipper on that play. Diving, didn't care, just threw his body out there trying to make a play. Darius Slayton, fifth-round pick, 171st overall in 2019. The 2019 draft of Darius Slayton, Julian Love, Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, and then also Zimenez didn't play today. I believe he's still hurt with an injury or maybe just fell out of the rotation, but he had a good year as well. All starters have played really well this year. That all, it, it, Zimenez wasn't a starter consistently throughout the season because of injuries, but he did play when Ojalari went out. Ojalari did get hurt today with a quad injury, and then also the Giants lost Jason Pinnock in the fourth quarter with an abdominal injury. Did not look good, though, there. No. But Pinnock plays very well. He's good on special teams. He even stepped in and played some limited snaps on defense over the last four or five games. He plays pretty physical. I like the way he plays. But what a game for Daniel Jones. What a game for Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones is a top five quarterback in the NFL. I don't care what anybody says. At me. Text me. Come at me any way you want. Daniel Jones is a top five quarterback in the NFL. You can text me about it. We can have an argument. We can, we can talk about it. Daniel Jones is a top five quarterback. I think he'll make more believers of people next week because I think they can move the ball on Philadelphia. They got a great pass rush, as we said earlier today. Uh, they almost broke the, the sack record, but if Jones has 70 time, sacks, I think you can throw on even Slay and Bradbury. I, I, I wonder if the defense can, can show up enough to slow Philadelphia down, but if, again, like I said earlier, if Hurts can't run, then the Giants have a much better chance to slow that offense down. The Giants scored 30-plus points two times now in the last three games. Two times in the last three games. After scoring, not, they didn't score 30 points in 43 games. And they scored 30 points in two-plus games. My prediction today was 31-24 New York Giants, it was. 30, 31-27. Yeah, 31-27 was my prediction, New York Giants. Your prediction was 24-27. Give or take, three or four points either way, and we got the prediction right. Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones put the Giants on their back today and just consistently made plays. Last week, Jalen Hurts was sacked three times. You were right. Had a 24.8 quarterback rating last week, which I said it was his, his passer rating. Was 65. His passer rating was 65 last week. Davis Webb had a 75.8 passer rating versus all of the Philadelphia Eagles' first-team defense. So if he doesn't have his escapability to extend plays, you keep him in the pocket, we can, we can probably sack him a few more times. Nine carries at 13 yards last week for Jalen Hurts. Finished the game, 20-35 passing, 229 yards with a pick, three sacks, a 24.8 quarterback rating, which is abysmal, and a 65 passer rating. Davis Webb in that game was 23-40 with 168 yards passing, a touchdown, a 73.8 quarterback rating, which is much better than Jalen Hurts' 24.8, and a 75.8 passer rating, which is much better than Hurts' 65. And he also ran the ball six times for 41 yards and a touchdown, with that being Davis Webb going six of 41 and a touchdown in that game. So if Davis Webb can run the six carries of 41 yards with a touchdown, 6.8 yards a carry, what can Daniel Daniel Jones Jones do do next week? I am so psyched to see what that looks like next week. Oh, I I, I can't wait. I I, I think we can score on Philadelphia. Um, Our offense looks so good today. I know Philadelphia's got, you know, like I said, a great pass rush. But I think you can throw the ball on them just like you can throw on Minnesota. Nick McLeod last week had one and a half sacks with a tackle for a loss, a pass defended, and two quarterback hits with five tackles. Imagine what Xavier McKinney's going to do blitzing around the edge with his or Julian left, either safety or quarterback blitz. You might set a Dory Jackson. Who knows? But the Giants' secondary last week would have one and a half sacks coming from their secondary last week with their second stringers playing against the Eagles' first team offense and defense. I mean, the Giants are just in a position right now where they're playing with house money, and that's the hottest team to play. Team that has no fear, playing with house money, and is already a year or two ahead of schedule. Just pin their ears back and go. And Daniel Jones did just that today. I know the Eagles are 14-3. They're a very good team. 
obviously won the NFC East, had a very good season, beat the Giants twice in the regular season, even though the last time they played them was 22-16. to The Giants were in that game with second stringers last week, and this was the last game of the season, Week 18. But for some reason, I feel like if the Giants win that game next week against the Eagles, which I know we're going to be in that game. I think we actually are going to win it. That was my prediction. In my prediction with the sports crew, my career, I had the Giants winning that game. If the Giants go to Philadelphia next week and win, they're winning the Super Bowl. Well, I hope you're right. They're winning the Super Bowl. Because the momentum is shifting just like in 2007 and 2011. The Giants were underdogs on the road in all of those playoff games across those two years. And they had a quarterback that got doubted. A quarterback that got doubted. A quarterback that got doubted. I'll repeat it again. That stepped up big in big-time moments like Daniel Jones did today. Eli Manning did just that. He played his best in the biggest games, Eli. I think they had one year they won like 10 straight road games, which is, I think it's still a record today. And he went right through the playoffs on the road. And also, Eli Manning has the most passing yards in a single postseason in NFL history. And I know, obviously, he played one extra playoff game than most teams because he played a wild card game. But that's still impressive that no one's ever been able to beat that record. Because there's wild card teams every year. No one's ever been able to beat Eli Manning's passing record with the most passing yards in a single postseason in NFL history. The Buffalo Bills play today. So it proves that every single year there's going to be a team or two that's a really good team that doesn't get that one seed or the two seed because heading into this year, it used to be the one and two seed gets the first round by so they play one less game. But now there's going to be more and more teams that play an extra game in the playoffs and that record still is not broken. No, I, I, I think um, Daniel Jones has as good as accuracy as Eli did and he has obviously much better legs so... I, I think Jones only had like one bad pass today when he might have overthrew Hodgins on, on one pass. Yeah, one like pass, that. one pass, and then he also had a pass deflected to Richie James. It could have been a first yeah, down. Right. That, that was, I mean, his passes were right on the money today. Oh, BBs too. He's Very throwing rockets. Throwing rockets. Zipping in there. And I'm going to repeat it again. Daniel Jones, there's not many people that supported Daniel Jones to the degree that I did, you did, and then our uncle, my uncle, who's come on the podcast a few times at Sports Encyclopedia. The only people that supported Daniel Jones through the thick end then was us three. Through the thick and thin. Do you know the amount of arguments I've gotten in? Whether I'm at BC, whether I'm with my friends. Gotten in arguments, which most of my friends from home actually support Daniel Jones, so it's not really them. It's more of people at BC or just, you know, people online, wherever it may be, that didn't think Daniel Jones was good. That didn't think Daniel Jones was a player. Didn't think Daniel Jones was worth a sixth overall pick. Didn't think Daniel Jones was even an average quarterback. Everyone thought he was below average. Then heading into this year... Eh, he's okay. You know, when he, when he started the season pretty good, yeah, he's all right. No one gave him credit. No one gave him credit, even up until now. I mean, it's taking people until now to give Daniel Jones credit. Even in the media. I mean, everybody makes mistakes with predictions. Um, but Colin Cowherd had no faith in him. Trade 10 first-round picks to Seattle. Orlovsky said, trade whatever you have to, four first-round picks, if they want a fifth for Deshaun Watson. Are you kidding me? It was this. He said, trade, I'm, if I'm the Giants, I'm getting on the phone. I'm trading Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and I'm taking three first-round picks, and I'm getting Deshaun Watson. If they want a fourth one, give them it. How, how's that worked out for Denver, trading all those picks for Russell Wilson? And giving them all that money. All that money. I mean, I mean it's, only, it's only one case, but you can't jump the gun. you got to give these guys time to develop and put some weapons around them. And Jones never had it, really, until this year. This, Daniel Jones is a product right now. What he's done this season, he's a product of competent head coaching, a great play caller, which Kafka, Mike Kafka did unreal today, play calling. Yeah. Unreal play calling. His receivers were wide open most of the time. And the Giants finally did something that was right. They got a head coach that was with the Buffalo Bills and obviously knows how to score points, and they got an offensive coordinator that was with the Chiefs as a quarterback's coach of Patrick Mahomes. You got Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Those two quarterbacks were mentored 
by Brian Dable and by Kafka. And the Giants get both those guys, and now you just it just proves. Jones is right there. Yeah. Jones just needed some competency around him. He was not the, the reason for all the ineptitude that the Giants had over the last five years. Daniel Jones was not the reason the Giants were losing games. Yes, he had his turnovers. There wasn't an offensive line. There was no play calling. There were no weapons. Everyone was hurt. There was no success for that Giants team for any quarterback. No matter what quarterback you put in that Giants system over the last three or four years, no one was succeeding. And I was saying that on my podcast and my radio show last year. Put Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I said Russell Wilson because Colin Howard said last year in April, if I'm the Giants, I'm taking 10 first-round picks. And I'm trading for Russell Wilson. I'm trading a first-round pick for every single year that Seattle would be giving the New York Giants Russell Wilson. So if Daniel Jones were to have been gone and the Giants had Russell Wilson for 10 seasons, we're giving Seattle 10 first-round picks. Imagine if we made that trade. And you can't even trade 10 first-round picks. Pretty sure there's a limit, but it doesn't matter. The sake of the argument is this. The Giants trusted in Daniel Jones, and he's earned himself. I would give him right here. Right now, I would give him, I said... Earlier, four years, $130 million, I would give him that right now. Wow. I, I, I hope the Giants take good care of him. But I, I hope they lock him up, you know, for a, a good number of years and, you know, maybe around $30 million a year. I mean, it's a big raise, but he certainly looks like he's the quarterback of the future that can definitely take us deep in the playoffs. Well, if you look at it right here, the highest quarterback hits in the NFL, all of them being quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, $54,993,000. Dak Prescott, $49 million. Patrick Mahomes, $46 million. Josh Allen, $39 million. Ryan Tannehill, $36 million. Kirk Cousins, $36 million. Then seventh is Larry Tunzel, left tackle for Houston. Eighth, Matt Ryan, $35 million. Tom Brady, ninth, $35 million. Derek Carr, $35 million. Wow. Aaron Rodgers, $31 million. That's just a total cap hit. Obviously, there's ways to maneuver around the cap. So let me look at total cash here, and we're going to break down who's getting the most. Total cash... Aaron Rodgers, number one, $59,515,000. Deshaun Watson, $46 million. Patrick Mahomes, $40 million. Kyle Murray, $39 million. Derek Carr, $33 million. Dak Prescott, $31 million. Kirk Cousins, $30 million. Matt Ryan, $29 million. And then Josh Allen, 10th, right after Aaron Donald, who's 9th with $28.5 million, is 10th. Josh Allen got $28 million with Russell Wilson. And Matt Stafford got $27.5 million. And Ryan Tannehill being 13th with $27 million. So that's based on total cash. Base salaries, really quick. Deshaun Watson, $46 million. Derek Carr, $32.9 million. Dak Prescott, $31 million. Josh Allen, $27.5 million. And Ryan Tannehill, $27 million. This is all based off 2023 cap hits. So this is for next season. Okay. If you look at 2022, it's a little bit different. A little bit different for 2022, but I'm just basing it off of next season because Daniel Jones is going to be free agent after this year. So we're looking at what the cost would be in the market in 2023. And it looks like it'd be around $33 million, $30 million to $33 million if you were to tag Daniel Jones. So, Daniel Jones is going to get his payday. You look at total cash in 2022, so for the season we are in right now, Matt Stavitz, $61.5 million. Russell Wilson, $57 million. Josh Allen, $46,961,000. Deshaun Watson, fourth, $45 million. Aaron Rodgers, $42 million in fifth. Kirk Cousins, $40 million. Quinton Nelson, seventh. A guard for the Colts, getting $35 million. Aaron Donald, eighth. Defensive tackle on the Rams get $31 million. And the rest are uh, cornerbacks and receivers out of the top 10, with Kyler Murray being 11th, with Tom Brady getting $30 million apiece in total cash this year in 2022. Being with that base salaries, I mean, Daniel Jones is deserving of $30 million. You just, I just named all of those guys. And Daniel Jones, I would take over just about every one of them except, I don't know, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence. Like I said, neither one of those guys, whether Burrow and Lawrence, neither one, neither one has been paid yet. 
Obviously, Josh Allen's had his payday, and so is Patrick Mahomes. But we'll see what Daniel Jones' contract is. But if Deshaun Watson's getting $45 million in total cash this year, and Aaron Rodgers get 42, and Cousins is getting 40, and Russell Wilson's get 57, and Matt Stafford's get 61, Daniel Jones is deserving of $40 million. He's deserving of $40 million. Would you agree with me? I hope so. Um, I, I just want him to lock him up. I hope he gets as much money as he can, but I want the Giants to lock him up so he's our quarterback you know, for the next 10 years at least. He could get three years, $120 million, maybe $40 million a year, but I think he's probably going to get – that might be too heavy. Derek Carr did get three years, a three-year deal in the offseason. Obviously now it didn't work out for Las Vegas, but if you get Dan Jones' contract, it's probably going to be around, I would guess right now, four years, $140 million. That's just a guess right now, but I would give Dan Jones whatever he wanted. I would give Dan Jones whatever he wanted. $140 million over four years is $35 million a year. $35 million over four years. Maybe it's a three-year deal with a fourth-year option for a team option. So if the Giants were to not think Daniel Jones was worth it after the third year, you can rip him up a little bit easier than Denver could with Russell Wilson or the Rams could with Matt Stafford or the Browns could do it to Sean Watson. Even though Matt Stafford, I believe they picked up his option for next season, the Rams. But I think he's just coming into his prime. I, I would hope they could lock him up for like – you know, like Six I said, seven, seven year minimum. I, I don't know what the numbers are going to shake out at, but it could be. I want him locked up. It could be like a four year deal with two or three years of options at the end of it, which that's a team friendly deal because not many players are going to say, you know, I'll take four year deal being guaranteed with three years after that being team options because you're not getting anything guaranteed. There's a lot at stake there, and obviously you have to stay healthy to get that money. But Daniel Jones, considering all those quarterbacks getting that much money. And Daniel Jones being a top five to six quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion, I'd put him probably at five right now. I think Daniel Jones is worth $35 million. I do. Four years, 140. Four years, 130. Whatever it may be. I said around week 12, I told my friend Dan from BC, I'd give him three years, 90 million at that moment, around week 10 or 11 or 12. I think he's earned 35 million. The Giants won their first playoff game since 2012. And Daniel Jones had the best game of his career. Best game of his career. He's He's earned a, a very good uh, raise and, a, and a hopefully a, a contract that will keep him in a Giants uniform for a, a lot of years ahead. So for that Eagles game next week, I'll do a preview probably midweek on the radio, but anything else you want to say about that Eagles team, that Giants game? We're obviously rolling now. The team's got their first playoff win since 2012. Momentum shifting our way. I said this yesterday. If the Giants beat the Eagles next week, which, is out, which that was my prediction, they could win the Super Bowl. They legitimately could win the Super Bowl. Well, they got weapons, as we, we saw with their offense today. I think they, they punted once till like, the fourth, maybe the fourth once in the, yeah, yeah, once, and then it, well, late in the third, maybe. So I think they can move the ball on Philly. Um, they, you got to protect Jones because Philly's blitz-happy. Like Minnesota, I think Philadelphia will probably blitz more, and I know they got good cornerbacks. Um, but Jones was pinpoint accurate today. Barkley was huge. So I think they can move the ball. And if Hertz doesn't have his, um, you know, extending of plays, running the ball, yep. I Showing think still banged up. Yeah, I, I think the Giants can can get to Philadelphia's offense because um, what you, uh, their wideouts are dangerous. AJ Brown and Devontae Smith both are really both good. both game breakers. And that guy, what Boston Scott, always kills the Giants. Always Eight games the against the Giants in his career, ten touchdowns. Touchdown. I mean, he has got no touchdowns against anybody else but us. So the Giants will have to game plan this week. Uh, you know, of taking away Philadelphia's. Biggest weapons, and it's probably throwing the ball to those guys uh, Joey just mentioned. So, um, but if you got AJ to lock up one of them, that's half the battle right there. Absolutely. And the Giants actually scored on their first three offensive drives in this game: touchdown, touchdown, field goal. Then, right at the end of the half, they tried a couple plays and then ended up just taking a knee and nailing it out in the first half. Then they went on a touchdown the first drive of the second half. Which was huge. Then their first punt came in the third quarter. Then a touchdown on the next drive. Then a punt. 
and then ended the game taking these. So the Giants punted really on two drives, and they came in the second half. And they scored touchdowns on one, two, three, four drives. Four drives, the Giants had touchdowns. Very impressive, yeah. You don't want to settle for field goals. You need to score in the red zone. That's what we're doing better in. We're playing better defense in the red zone, and we're scoring in the red exactly. zone. Much better play in the red zone offensively and defensively. So we'll do a preview during the week. That wraps up this episode. What a huge win for Daniel Jones. And once again, going to give credit right to Paul from Southie. He was the biggest Daniel Jones believer since day one, and he turned me into a believer beginning of that first season after the first few games. We saw that he was a player. Obviously, that team wasn't going to win the Super Bowl, but we saw some good plays out of Daniel Jones knowing, okay, there's not much around Daniel Jones here. And so I hope that season was, let's just see if Daniel Jones is a player, right? Because we knew we were going to win the Super Bowl that season, and we saw just that in 2019. No, but every year, we, I, we talked about the Bengals last year. Two years before their Super Bowl run last year, the, they had yep. two wins. So maybe the Giants are this year's Cincinnati Bengals. And both teams, I believe, at one point had four-win seasons. Following that four-win season, both teams had the fifth overall pick in the season after that four-win season. So the Bengals won four games in 2020. Joe Burrow's rookie year, they won four games in 2020. The fifth overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft took Jamar Chase out of LSU. They go to the Super Bowl in the 2021 regular season, 2022 Super Bowl. So that same season, they had the fifth overall pick in that offseason. They go to the Super Bowl. The Giants in 2021 last season had four wins, were 4-13. and 13. Had the fifth overall pick. Following that, in the 2022 NFL Draft, took Kayvon Thibodeau fifth overall. Obviously, Evan Neal as well, seventh overall. And this year, made the playoffs just like the Bengals made the jump. From four wins and the fifth overall pick, in one year, made the jump to going to the playoffs and going to the Super Bowl last year. The Bengals obviously lost in the Super Bowl. The Giants this year won four wins last year with the fifth overall pick, and they've already got one playoff win down. They could be this year's Bengals. I'm hoping right to the Super Bowl. And Joe Burrow got a lot of respect, obviously, last season, taking that team that didn't really have too much talent around him to the Super Bowl and didn't have high expectations. And Daniel Jones could be doing the same. I think it was three road wins that Cincinnati got last year too, right? They, made, they went on a run. They went on a run. Right. You can Regardless, making the Super Bowl is huge. There's a lot of... Uh, Moxie, if you can win on the road. Anyways, Paul, thank you so much for coming on. means a lot. Always a pleasure talking sports with you. What a win for the Giants, and what a weekend for football. We'll talk during the week, and we'll get ready for Philadelphia. Thank you, Paul, as always. Much appreciated. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. Go Giants, and I hope you guys have a good one. Thank you all, and thank you all for the support. I appreciate it.